coming to you live from my apartment. It's Rob as a podcast, and now here's the guy who's one half of the Alliance podcast are us. Rob Sesternino, hello everybody, and welcome to a very, our most specialist podcast ever. I am Rob Sesternino, and I'm alongside Nicole. Hello, it is pretty specialist today. <laughs> it is the most specialist podcast ever. of all time. Ever. Of all time. That's a different podcast. Yeah, that's a different <laughs> one. Uh, <laughs> so, Nicole, we are very excited. We're going to be speaking with Philip Shepard. Finally. The specialist. Finally. Yes. We've been trying for a long time. We've been trying to get Philip for a long time, all season long. Mm-hmm. So we are finally going to talk to Philip. Big day today. We've already spoken with uh, Jim Rice and Keith Tolufson. Yes. And we got that podcast up for you guys this morning. Mm-hmm. We did a, a two-timer. <laughs> yes. A foursome. We, we double-teamed those guys. Yes. Who won? <laughs> we, we, we all did. <laughs> we were all winners. <laughs> we were all winners. So that was a lot of fun. Check that out. It was one, I thought it was a pretty good exit interview. Yes. I can't wait for Jim to get on the podcast next season. Jim is going to be good. Yes. Keith may need a new phone. That's the other thing we've determined. Should we start a foundation to get him a new get phone? Get Keith a better phone. Yeah. People uh, are on the comments and saying uh, that, like, uh, like we did, we he blew this. He needed subtitles. We needed subtitles. <laughs> I just record the calls. Yeah. That's all we do. <laughs> yeah. If Jim sounded bad, too, then you blame us. Mm-hmm. But if but one guy, us. If one guy was good and the other guy wasn't... Yeah. We know how to record a phone call. Yes, we just hit record. We just hit record. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, a lot to get to here before we uh, get into calling Philip. Uh, Nicole, we have some, a big announcement. We do. A big announcement. Uh, once again, I have no idea. I have just found, I can finally announce this. To me too. To Nicole as well, <laughs> that this podcast, Rob has a podcast, has been renewed for two more seasons. My contract too? Yes, your okay, contract. Okay, celebration. Through Survivor 26, <laughs> Rob has a podcast has been renewed. So uh, thanks for our agents for getting that done. Thank you. They deserve a We raise. have the best agents in the world. Thank yes. you guys. And, Jeff uh, Ropes, our agent. Yes, thank you guys. <laughs> thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff, for keeping making Survivor. Yes. So uh, that's all very good. It's very exciting. That is exciting. Yeah. I just wish you would tell me beforehand. Nicole, you have a big announcement for tomorrow. or not? It's not an announcement, people already know, but a big podcast you're working on for tomorrow morning. Yes, it is the long-anticipated Nicole Has a Girl, f- Girl Cast live web show with the one and only Survivor Andrea Belki. Beliki. <laughs> Beliki. <laughs> So we're, you're going to talk with Andrea. It's yes. going to be no Rob. No Rob whatsoever. So for all the listeners that hate me. Uh-huh. Welcome. Right, yes. <laughs> they can check out Just Nicole yes. with Andrea. But guys, you can listen. It's We don't exclude. We're not sexist. You could listen. Yes. So what? how you watch that show is just go to Rob Has a Website tomorrow, Friday morning. Tomorrow uh, morning. This will probably get posted later on Thursday night. So Friday morning, if you listen to this, it might be on right now. Could be. Could be on right now. So it'll be available in the archives too. But if you ever want to watch any of our web shows live, you can always get them on Rob Has a Website. And uh, Nicole Has a Girl Cast will be on Friday morning. 9 a.m. 18th? I have no idea what the date is. I have no idea. 12 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. And then you can watch me and Nicole every Tuesday on Rob Has a Web Show. Same time, yes. 12 noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. It's going to be a blast in a glass. Blast in a glass? <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes, and thank you to Ariel Grace for making the wonderful banner for Nicole Has a Girl cast. Yes. It came out quite lovely. All right, so I just had a missed call from uh, Philip. So let's let's call him up right okay, now. He's getting antsy. He's getting antsy. 
We said we were going to call him at 3, and it's 3.04. Oh. He's on He's on double time. Change the song. Different song. It's like a party on Philip's phone. Hello, Philip speaking. Hello, is this Philip Shepard? It is Philip Shepard. Philip, you're on with Rob Cicernino and Nicole. Hi, Philip. Hi, Nicole. How are you? I'm great now that we're talking to you. What about how, how are you, Rob? You don't count. Well, I know you're strong. You're doing okay. <laughs> I'm not <Huh>? strong. <laughs> What's that? Oh, never mind. Nicole wants to know she's well, not. I, just, I, I know that Rob's doing great because I know you. You go to the gym all the all the time, Nicole. No need to ask. You know, there's no need to be redundant. I understand you carry all your weights and all this equipment with you when you go and work out, and yeah. the gym is asking you questions about how they're how they should be uh, better preparing their staff because you're in such great shape. Yes, I did teach them how to use the kettlebell yesterday. See, I knew that, yes. right? Yeah, you Remember, did. Remember, I am who? You, the specialist. The specialist. Philip, what do you do to keep in such good shape? <laughs> I work out all the time. I play basketball three days a week, um, anywhere from 6.45 to about 9 o'clock. Oh, wow. And then I uh, roll AM or PM? Huh? AM. Whoa. And then I have a dog that I walk as well. Uh, what's your dog's name? Spike. Spike? <laughs> wow. That's a tough name. He's a little tiny dog. He's called a toy Manchester Terrier. Oh, that's they cute. look like little Doberman Pinschers, like or the Mini Pins, but they're different. They're very fast. They're bred with an Italian Whippet and a Greyhound and a dog called a Black and Tan. So the oldest Terrier uh, breed, very smart, very cunning, has the ability to do what they need to do to get the job done. Hence, I have a dog named Spike. Oh, I think <laughs> I just heard him bark. <laughs> He doesn't bark, actually, um, oh. unless he's really – somebody's got to be really aggressive with him at night, you know. But oh. during the day, he doesn't bark. Okay. He gives you a look that says it all. <laughs> <laughs> well, Phil, we have so much to get to with all this Survivor. But before we jump into uh, last night's show and what your thoughts are on this season, how are you doing? I'm loving the season. You know, it's kind of fun to watch to see all the stuff uh, unfold that we're getting to watch. Last night was a big surprise. Uh Sophie winning twice like that, you know, mm-hmm. immunity twice. And then seeing, uh, you know, uh, Keith and out of the game. And, and, and everybody that's left the game so far has uh, been pretty amazing. Whitney, you know, leaving. And then you had gone, you know, prior to that. So, uh, and then Albert. I feel sorry for Albert because I see Albert. You know, reminds me of our season last season a little bit. You know, he's trying to make a move. He's trying to get somebody, yeah. but he can't get it done. So, there he is. Twice uh, well, he's tried to make a move, and he can't get it done. Yeah, a few times for Albert. Yeah. Now, yeah. I want to ask you about is, you know, all last season, people compared you to Coach. Right. And now uh, Coach is on this season, and I'd love to know what you think of him and if you like that comparison when people compare you to Coach and vice versa. Uh, I really never felt like that we were truly alike um, as individuals, um, our backgrounds are completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, similarity, I think, is that he and I both used, uh, you know, quotes from from ancient things in the past to uh, make a point. But I think I think we we come at it from a different direction. So what I mean by that is, with all due respect to Coach, I think sometimes when I listen to Coach give an example of a uh, a reference that he gives it. It's almost as if he's trying to uh, validate something that he's doing. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I generally do it because it's something that I, a passion that I have, right. things that I've read in the past that have very deep meaning for me or someone that I love that shared that with me. Um, and it was instrumental in my life and gave me some direction at a time that I needed it. And mm-hmm. I think it comes at it from a different perspective. When I've heard him say things during this season, um, you know, when he held everybody's hand and said a prayer all together and, um, it was clear that was not a genuine prayer. It wasn't coming from, you know, the right place since he already had it. Yeah, I know. So I just, you know, that's not something I would do. You know, the whole season last season for me was to try to play the game um, without telling a lie within the game mm-hmm. and still try to get to the end of the game. And so as you watch it unfold, um, I didn't lie during the entire season. I let somebody else do it for me, but I didn't have to tell a lie during the entire season. Well, you played with Boston Rob last season. How much do you how do you compare coach's game this season as a returning player to the game that Boston Rob played last season? Well, it's, it's just, again, it's it's two different games. Uh coach is doing he's doing a very good job um in 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 the game in the terms of his style. But for me Boston Rob is a uh, parts of things that they didn't show you when he's out there, uh, at least in my season. I don't know how he was in other seasons, but he's a really, really hard worker. Right. Um, I couldn't compare. He and I were, if I, I would think in my mind, who's working harder than me out here or working at least as hard as me up until that merge? It was Boston Rob. I mean, he was working his butt off. And then he has a way, which I think they kind of showed a little bit, but not really a lot of last season. He has a way of taking care of people. Yeah. He finds out what your needs are, how you need to be taken care of, and he goes about the business of making sure that he understands what that is for each person out there. So I found myself at the same time competing with him, as you heard me describe it, like two lions early in the game trying mm-hmm. to circle each other. I made a comparison like that. At the same time, like respecting him and going, damn, he's tough. He's hard to beat. I don't know if I can... You know, because he's doing that better than I'm able to do it in that game. And it was, it, was, it was admiration and frustration at the same time. So when I make the comparison, I just don't see it in coach the same way. I see coach controlling the game uh, the way he has so far, a, very similar to what Boston, you know, Rob was able to do in the game. And, uh, you know, for that, I take my hat off to him. But I don't really think there's a, a true comparison between the two. If coach goes on to win this game, do you think it's fair for a returning player to come back and play against new people if two seasons in a row yeah. one of the returning players wins? I don't think it's unfair. I know a lot of people ask me that. It's a, good, it's a very good question. People ask me that all the oh, time thank on you, the Phil. street. <laughs> yeah, because what really happens out there is that the guy does, or girl, whoever it is, they have a target on right. It's up to the people that are coming into the game. They've got an advantage going into the game that the person – who is returning to the game doesn't have, meaning we know of that person. We know who they are. I did my homework on, on Boston Rob, and I knew exactly who it is. It's up to them to decide how badly do you win this game? Do you want to win this game? We know who he is. We know who she is. So let's get together right now and kick them out of the game. But for some reason, they don't. And I think it has to do with their own individual frailties at different times within the game for each player to decide, you know, do we play them together and get this person out of the game? And and, and so uh, for Boston Rob and the returning players like Coach and Ozzy, they don't know anything about any of those people. 
So they don't really, they, you know, they're at a disadvantage in a way because they don't understand who the people are and who the real threat is or who could potentially, you know, eject it from the game. So I think it goes both ways for me. Um, I know for me it was probably a tiny bit um, easier for a lot of those people to have Boston Rob in the game because he knew how to construct a shelter. He knew how to give directions for certain things, and they desperately needed that. So I think it goes both ways. Yeah. I also think whether it's fair or unfair uh, right now, the next, if coach wins this game, the next person who comes back, that person's definitely screwed, right? That person is definitely, like, there's no way. I don't necessarily buy into that. Ah. I think Tom Tom said it best. Tom Weissman, is that how you said that? Westman. Westman? Tom Westman said early on that each season of Survivor is different. It's a bunch of new people. It's a group, you know, it's a new group. They've all watched the same clips or what have you, and yet, they still behave a certain way. I mean, aren't you surprised that Coach is still in the game at this point? Oh, totally. I mean, I would have thought at this point there would have been a blind side. Coach would have been ejected from the game already simply because they know that he's powerful, that he is, in fact, controlling the game. So I, I, I was analyzing to, to, you know, last night's episode and trying to figure out for myself, like, why aren't they targeting Coach? Who is it that's sitting so close to Coach right now that feels – like they can either beat him or they're are they just trying to play for second or third? Who are these people? And the two that I that come to my mind immediately are Brandon right. and Edna. So I'm saying, why isn't everybody else banding together? Like what Albert said is, hey, look, let's go do this. Or even Sophie could have said, you know, Albert, how about we don't go for Edna? We go for Coach right now. Right. Yeah. They well, don't. They keep the guy around in the game. So to me, I don't. I never. I can't understand that. Well, I think this is a really interesting point here because. Albert, you know, he keeps coming He's up with trying. these ideas, and they never really seem to work out. He mm-hmm. wanted to vote out Michaela earlier in the season. Then last week he wanted to vote out Dawn. Then this week he wanted to vote out Edna again. Right. Now, why would anybody try to vote out Edna? Wouldn't this be similar to, like, last season if somebody wanted to vote out Natalie instead of Boston Rob? Yes. In fact, um, you did have two players who wanted to do that early on. Mm-hmm. Initially, and that was uh, Christina and uh, and uh, 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 Francesca. <laughs> I was going to have a little fun, but I thought better not. I, I <laughs> Go do. for it. The season is over. The game is over. But in truth, in truth, it was similar. Okay, and 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 by the way, not a bad move by Albert. Yeah, because he, he knows that there are people that are around coach who want to play it safe. By not voting him out, coach, because coach is telling him, I'm keeping you in the game. I'm taking you to the end. But, again, he got shot down. It didn't happen. I swear, I don't understand it unless they're playing for that particular slot. And I find Albert, people say compare me to coach. But, actually, in the frustration that I can sense somewhat from Albert, I'm more like that. Because whenever I would say or try to say something like that within my own season, it immediately got reported back. And you heard them say that at the tribal council. Yeah. You know, anything that happens, mm-hmm. they just report it back to coach. Immediately, he coaches the information flows to me. That's exactly what happened for Boston Rob. The information would flow back. And I would do it in a way that it wasn't obvious yeah. that I was making a suggestion because I knew I had no control. I had no alliance. But I would say things like, well, you know, if you guys decide to do this, you know, I'm here. Next thing I know, I'd be reported back, you know, that that had happened. So 
he's got a, you know, he's got a very difficult, you know, situation there. I think it would have like, like Jeff said, it would have really made the game really interesting if we could have had something happen. Right. That was like really unexpected. And I was really looking forward to that. And instead we had the two people that we all thought would possibly be going home. Mm-hmm. Go home. No well, surprise there. Going back to your season a little bit, I think the big difference here between Coach and Boston Rob, and we all know that Boston Rob had the buddy system, everybody has to hold hands, you have Uh to be with your buddy. Um, Do you think there's any chance that if Boston Rob was coach, Albert doesn't get voted out last night? Uh, That's right. You excellent again. I like you. <laughs> excellent. That, that's exactly what would have happened. If it would have been Boston Rob, it would have been time for Albert to go. Yeah, in, right. in that situation, and not the two, not the two ladies in that situation. Mm-hmm. So I, I agree with that. You know, wholeheartedly. Yeah. The only other thing I would say to you is the one reason that, that that I haven't seen demonstrated between the alliance with say coach and somebody else on his squad. Boston Rob and I work very effectively together because it was in my interest also to make sure our alliance stayed strong. Because I knew that at any point, anyone from the Zapatera tribe got into our tribe, then Boston Rob, in fact, could give me the boot and then make that person the goat or the person who was like right. really, um, you know, the person that we all got to keep our eye on. He's trying to move up the ladder or she's trying to move up the ladder. So he, he, he had a vested interest in keeping them out, and I had a vested interest in keeping them out. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't seen that as much. You know, that kind of cohesiveness between um, Coach and somebody else, you know, in his tribe. Other than maybe a little bit we saw it with Brandon early on, and, and, and that's what I would say. Right. I wanted to ask you about Cochran and his decision yes, a couple of weeks the ago. Big flip. Because uh, you, you were in sort of a, a similar position in some ways to Cochran on your season, where maybe now the difference is. You, uh, I think, would say that you were not actually six out of six, but right. to the rest of the tribe, you were perceived to be six out of six, and to Zapatera, you were perceived to be six out of six, and they wanted you to switch over to Zapatera to give them an advantage, like Cochran ultimately did, and I want to know, did you like that move for Cochran? Well, two things I want to say first before for an answer from Cochran's perspective. I would say that when I, in my own situation, I was looking forward to the merge the day before the merge. And then when I got to the merge and I met everyone from that tribe and I did, you know, what I call the Philip Shepard trained analysis, <laughs> I felt like, you know what, I can't, I, can't, I can't join these people. But it had crossed my mind, trust me. And it was, a, it, was a, it was an interesting thing because I, I wanted to have a certain level of integrity that I took all the way through the game. But at that moment, it was like self-preservation here. Are we going to go to the end or not? Or can you, can you get to the end some other way? And I decided to go the other way. And that's when you see me say I converted that one tribal council and I go, I love my tribe. At that moment, just leading up to that moment, I decided earlier in the day, I'm sticking with my tribe. I, I'm not going to convert. And that's when you saw me do that whole conversion effort over again. Mm-hmm. So there was strategy in that sort of wackiness that you all saw out there. In the case of Conkren, when he initially did it, I really, I, I didn't, I understood why he did it. It is called outplay, outlast, outwit. Right. And he was, in fact, the guy that, for certain, in my mind, definitely was going to go home. It wasn't like, Somebody was saying to him, like, you know, Boston Rob and I, like, you know, you're not going anywhere. Keep doing what you're doing. You're staying out here. I, didn't, I don't get the sense that he was getting that from, his, from anyone that was in the leadership position in his own truck. And so he decided, um, you know what, 
I'm going to make a move here, and I'm going to, I'm going to flip, and uh, I'm going to try to get something for that. And so I didn't have a problem with it My, for myself. He's still out there. I mean, you're seeing stronger people, smarter people go home. Uh, when I say smarter, meaning people who, who, who were more of a threat physically, um, potentially in the game, go home instead of him. So uh, at the end of the day, um, it is a game. It isn't the rest of your life. It doesn't represent necessarily who you are at the core as a human being. It does represent who you are in the game of Survivor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, do I you, know if that answers your question. Yes, I think so. Now, do you feel like the ship has sailed uh, for these guys, for Albert and Sophie and Cochran now, that they didn't make the move when there was nine people? Now that there's seven people left, are, are Cochran, Sophie, and Albert, so are they pretty much screwed here? No, they're not. Oh, no, they're not. In fact, I would, I would argue that Sophie has an excellent chance of winning this game because she's in a unique situation. If she ends up in that final three, I would say she's winning. Yeah, she can be coach. She's smart. She can be coach because she can make a very, very strong and compelling argument that he would have a tough time overcoming. And if you ever notice, whenever coach says something. This will be funny because it's something like I did for my season when I said about <laughs> Ralph. He's lying now. If you ever notice when Coach makes what I call the most sincere statement, watch. If you go back tonight and you rewind it real quickly and you watch him when he comes back either at the end of the one of the tribal councils, uh, the first one I think it is, and he comes back and he makes a speech to the group. Look at his eyes and look what he does when he makes what I call the most succinct point that he's about to make. Mm-hmm. Every single time I watch him, what he does is he'll close his eyes. He'll, he, he he looks to the he looks to the right and he closes his eyes for a second and then he opens them again. Hmm. Now, for me, when you tell me, Nicole, when when Rob looks you in your eyes and says, uh-huh. "Baby, I love you, anything in this world," you'd have a real hard time if he said that and then suddenly blinked and closed his eyes. That's what he does. <laughs> no, no, no. What's going no, on? There's it's right? very dusty you in here. You would have Philip. a problem with that. You'd be like, why why can't you look at me when you say that at the very end there about I love you? Uh-huh. Okay, so I'm watching him do that. So for me, at the final triangle, if he gets to the tri- you know, he, he's in the final three and Sophie's in there with him, there's something about her which I feel she she, she has a way of per- she's got a little bit of, you know, the uh I think she said on her profile, I got a little bit of Russell Hanks in me, right? I'm Yikes. tough. <laughs> Yikes. But in, in addition to that, she's intelligent, and there's a little softness to her. But that softness is cunning, and if you don't watch it carefully, as she says, mm-hmm. it'll come back and bite you. And I think it's going to come back. If she makes it to the final three, I see her winning. I agree, but the big part of that sentence is if. Yeah. I don't know how she she's getting there. She has to get- make a move. I don't know how she's getting there now. You don't know how she's been in there? Maybe you didn't watch very good last night. How many immunity idols did she win? Oh. She, she won t- uh, two last night. Two in a row. Two, two in, a row. in a row. And it says to me, now she's letting, she's, I think she's showing everybody, hey, she is the threat. If they haven't figured it out yet, she is a threat. It isn't Whitney. It wasn't Dawn. It's not, a, well, Albert's certainly a threat. But if everybody doesn't get wake-up call right now, she should be, if, if, if Rob was out there right now, Rob would be going, just like yeah. you did with yeah, we gotta get rid of Sophie. <laughs> Sophie's gotta and, go. Hey, I respect the man's game. He got it done. He got yeah. the people out of there that he needed to get out. So, um, right now, I think Sophie's probably the biggest threat. And I also think that, depending on what the challenges that come up, Albert is still very much a threat. Anybody else, I think it's coaches to win. 
if 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 uh, anybody else kind of ends up in there with him. Yeah. But do you think? And by that... the way, Ozzy isn't done yet either. That's true. That's true. We haven't even gotten yeah, to we Ozzy. Got, we'll get to Ozzy. <laughs> but do yeah. you think um, that Sophie made the right decision in not voting out Edna and not making the big Sophie, move? If I'm Sophie, mm-hmm. I love the girl because she's smart. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's what she did. If, I'd love to talk to her and, and to find out if I'm right about this. Here's what she did in her mind. She said, "You know what? I can beat Coach." Mm-hmm. If I get Coach in there, I can meet him. I know what to say. Albert, now he's another animal. He can make just as strong an argument as I can. Right. There's nothing I could be saying differently other than say, "I've won. I've won immunity twice. I stood up, and you know that might get it done for her. Mm-hmm. I think it would. You know, I think it could. Saying I've won twice, but I would if again if I'm her, I'd rather be standing there and say, "Listen, I went up a guy who's played this game how many times? Three. He couldn't figure out a way to get me out of this game, and I'm in this game, and I didn't backstab any of you, and blah 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 blah. I think she's got a great shot if she's in the things up there with uh, with Coach. But as I said, with Albert, it's a different thing. So what she did last night was she said, "One, I'm going to keep Albert weak, and everybody's going to know." that Albert was the guy who was going this way. And this is, a, this is several times now Albert has gone this way when we all were thinking we should go this way. Right. Guys, I think it's time for Albert to go home. So I have, can I get an amen? Amen. Yeah. And I think that's what, she, uh, that's what she's doing. And this that's is interesting. Smart. I have not uh, heard a theory like this before. So, so what you're uh, putting forth here is that Sophie, to win this game, needs Albert to be out of the picture. At the right point in time, and she'll just let him do it. She, she's letting him. She's letting him speak. You notice we didn't see Sophie running around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think you're onto something, okay. Philip. She's like a quiet she, well, sni- sniper. You have to understand. I am who the specialist. The specialist. <laughs> there you go. Oh yes, I'm onto something. Yes, I was onto something in my season. It just wasn't obvious to everybody else. <laughs> now, so, you know, in terms of what the strategy that I had to develop, it was an unusual strategy, but it was a strategy that said outwit, outplay, outlast everybody else. Because right now you're having a tough time eliminating Mr. Uno over here. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, so that was the thing. And so she's doing something unusual and unique. I like it because she thought about it. Believe me. Oh, yeah. hmm. It was very, very calculated. The girl is smart. She's no medical student by accident. Yeah, because everything is Albert and Sophie, Albert and Sophie, Albert and Sophie. What if Sophie doesn't want Albert? This is this blows my mind. Why now. would she <laughs> want Albert though? Why would she want him in the end? Yeah, he's strong. He's physical. He could win immunity. Find herself sitting next to him in the final three. Yeah, and there's and no difference between Sophie. Yeah. yeah, he's huh? very articulate. Yes, he's very articulate. In fact, I like the guy a lot. I mean, when you listen to him at different times, he makes what I call reasonable arguments. Unfortunately, they're falling on deaf ears. Yeah, swing hmm. and a miss. He's like, he reminds me in a way of Andrea of my season. Not completely, but in the sense that Andrea went to the girls and said, hey, girls, let's try this. Nada. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to report you back to Rob and save my own ass. See, I'm telling on Bye. you. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm telling on you. So, you know... Uh, I hope that I hope that you know. Sorry about the slang there. We will be deleting that. Thanks very much. Um, <laughs> Wait, what do you want me to delete? You know, when I say things like ass and oh, you, could, you could say it. I'll... <laughs> okay, well, I'll let you have. I'll let you leave the editing to you. But you know, basically, <clears throat> I feel that Albert is a guy. He's intelligent. He's smart. I like him. He's played a very good game up to this point. But he, again, I felt like so many times I felt a certain pain for him because I'm like, you know, you remind me of me. 
believe it or not, you guys, you know, you watch the season unfold. And I, I you know, I've communicated this to you before, uh, Rob, when if you met me in my community where I live and the coffee shops I go to and where I'm known at the restaurants I go to and, you know, the people that I basically socialize with, you'd see that I'm a totally different human being than, you know, than what necessarily the guy that I played within the context of a game. Right. So Albert is displaying what I hope to display when I was out there. That was my initial strategy until a guy got off of a separate helicopter and I watched everybody look at him and could never look back my way. Right. And so that's what was, uh, that's, that's where I see the comparison between him and myself. But nobody else in America would see that or know that because that wasn't, wasn't on display out there. But in terms of the way I live my life as a CEO of a software company, as a guy who sold software for the last 25 years to the Fortune, you know, 2,000 companies selling, you know, multi-million dollar uh, computer packages. I mean, that's the guy that's on display, not the guy, you know, that was out there. And I have, by the way, when I say that guy, I, I, I'm very proud of that guy. The game he played, the way he played, what he had to do to outwit, outplay, outlast the smartest player to ever play the game of Survivor. Now, Phillips. David, talking about in that case. D- David Murphy? <laughs> David Murphy is considered the smart. He has the highest IQ of anybody who's ever played the game. <laughs> wow. Um, I don't know if you knew that. They talk about that. Jeff Frost talks about that in one of the blogs. That he's the smartest I've heard it a few times. However, yeah, oh, well, I've heard that you are the man. This is the man, no, Philip, right no, here. No, that's not, that's he's not true. He's the smartest player to never win. Never win. <laughs> but that's okay. You know what? I think you're a winner in life. You got lucky, oh. man. You score with Nicole. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're a winner, brother. Philip, <laughs> uh, you talked about uh, going to the coffee shops and all the places in, in your community, but I'm following you on Twitter today. You're very and, busy today. And you're having uh, such a busy day. I see you're at... Like on a shopping uh, You're store. at Tiffany, Louis Vuitton. Uh, where, what's going on today, Philip? It's the season to be jolly. And jolly <laughs> and oh, man. on the corner. And when you have 12 on... brothers and sisters, you have 12 brothers and sisters, you and I don't know early. how many nieces and nephews... There's time to do a little bit of shopping here and there. And I actually was with a friend of mine. We were walking my dog back from the beach, and we came back up to Third Street, and he said, I need to stop in here real quick. He grabbed a couple of things, and I grabbed a couple of things. Wow. So that was it. So it's good yeah. to be on Philip's Christmas list. Oh, how can I get on that list? It's very easy. I mean, if you guys don't mind, you know, like paper clips and things like that, be more than happy to. <laughs> yeah. Well, Rob's paperclip is taken, I think. Uh, yeah, I have Tiffany gold tip for a paperclip's right. Sure. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Now, let's talk about Brandon Hans. Now, mm-hmm. you played Survivor with uh, Russell Hans. With Uncle Hans. Uncle Hans. Uh, and you did uh, not, in your brief interactions, get along did particularly well with Russell. What are you thinking about Brandon Hans, and uh, do you like him as a player? Well, first of all, I want to back up for a second. I didn't really get to play with Russell. I got to see Russell at Redemption Island. That's yeah. it. Remember, he got voted out right away. Yeah. In fact, in fact, point of fact, if there was a guy that I really wanted to play with, he'd be the guy. Oh, really? I'd like to be in a season with him on another tribe or, you know, we're some kind of way where he and I cross paths. Uh-huh. Not, and I won't tell you why that is. I won't give that away. Okay. But, uh, I'll just leave it like that. Okay. Okay. I'll just leave it like that. So it's if I got invited back at some point, if that were to, if, you know, if that's what the gods would have happened, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. Um, you know, people ask me, like, what do you think of Russell? I mean, I, to me, uh, don't know him well enough to say one way or the other. I do like the fact that he 
he's a guy that's driven to win. And yeah. how he goes about it is another thing. But the point is, he is driven. And so you got to respect that anytime you see that in a player. And you look at Sophie. Sophie is driven to win. So, Yeah, I think... I think Philip might have a crush on Sophie. A lot of similarities during that respect. That girl is driven, and and I see the I see a little thin line there. Is Sophie on your Christmas list? Does she get more than a paper? Clip? Sophie is not on my Christmas list, uh, but I I just want to say if she's listening, she happens to catch this this, uh, this conversation that we're having here. Um, you know, I respect her game. I, love, I like what she's doing out there, ah. and I like even also what. Uh, but Albert's trying to attempt out there, and uh, everybody else, Whitney, and a few others. You like and everybody's Dawn, Dawn game? A, huh? <laughs> you like everybody's I game? I like everybody. I appreciate anybody that steps up to the plate that tries and gets to invited play. to the party and gets out there and plays the game Survivor. Mm-hmm. Because it is a very, very tough game. One of the hardest things I've ever played in my life. So, um, well, what about you know, all? Uh, you got to. Respect <laughs> anybody that plays the game. Hmm? What about all those people on the uh, Zapatera tribe? I even respected them. The only problem with them was it's sort of like when you go to war. When the war is over, uh, we embraced Japan, did we not? One of our biggest economic powers in the world. But at the time, we also dropped an atomic bomb on them. Wah, wah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Hello. That's Philip Jeffrey. You know, boom. You know. So, yes, I, you know, I, have no, I have no ill will for any one person in our season that I play with. No one. Because it's a game. It's like playing basketball, you know. Uh, one day we're playing a pickup game of ball. You're on that side of the court, and I'm on this side. My goal is I own the center of this underneath the bucket. I'm getting all the rebounds. If you come underneath the bucket, baby, at 52, I can still block a shot, send it back down the other end of the court. Three days later, you're on my team. Let's get it done the same thing. So that's how I look at it. Yeah. What's a better workout, basketball or Coach Chi? Oh, good question. Basketball any day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to agree. <laughs> you think so? Yes. Yeah, basketball is a great workout. You're moving you're all the whole time. You're thinking all the time. There's two players emerging on you at once. You get a blink of eye. You need to figure out where their position is of their feet on the ground. You can see that two of their hands are colliding to try to come up and strip the ball. What do you do now? Do you do a crossover move? Or do you think you've got the speed to step through that mess? I'm Michael Jordan, a.k.a. coming to the hole. Bam! (laughs) Who would win one-on-one in basketball, you or Boston Rob? Uh, That's what that was. Boston Rob, if you're listening, come on out here and play a game of basketball with me. Now, that is something I can definitely handle the boy in. I think he'd play dirty, though. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I'm pretty good, though. Listen, guys, I play basketball like I play Survivor. Mm -hmm. You know, the guys are yelling at me on the court. So, you should know that. It's like, hey, man, you know, because I'm, I, like I said, I get underneath the bucket. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to own that space. Yeah. So I'm going to put a body on you. Okay. I know, <laughs> oh, I have to. <laughs> hey, man, are you okay? Uh, how about that one? That's okay, huh? Okay, well, let's go for the next rebound. Okay. Yeah. Can you dunk? I used to be able to. I mean, I used to be, you know, I'm 52 years old, 53 right now. So, but there was a time when I could dunk, you know, no problem. Come down the hole and, you know, sky, just like everybody else. Reverse dunks, uh, over the hand dunk. I still, what I've mastered today is what we call the three point perimeter shot. NBA uh, three, Mike, as the guys talk about it at the gym. You make it look so effortless, Jeff. How do you do that? I mean, it looks like you're doing nothing. It just, you know, you don't, you're not straining it on, you know, develop my upper body and, and shoot three pointers off. Right. That's what you do when you get to be older. You say, let the young boys own that, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, forget about that. Don't even bother colliding bodies with them when you're shooting. It's okay on defense, but on, when you're shooting, just stand on the perimeter, 
come off of a pick, boom, level jump shot and end of the game. Three points. Game over. Uh, I want to tap yeah, into. <laughs> I, I want to tap into your experience here now. Uh, they're at final seven. Uh, they have six people left in their original tribe, just like you guys did right. when you guys had six people left in your tribe. I'm sure every single person there thinks they're, they're going to the end with coach. How do they know? How do each person in the tribe know? who Coach is telling the truth to and who Coach is lying to, you were able to figure out that Boston Rob was telling you the truth, but Grant and Ashley and Andrea, they all thought they were going to the end with Boston Rob, too. What, what are these guys Nicole, supposed to I do? Nicole, I want to ask you a question since he asked me that question. Okay. Nicole, do you know what it was that he said you figured out that Boston Rob was telling you the truth? Do you think there was something else I figured out where I didn't even have to worry about figuring out that truth? When he looked you in the eye? No. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to tell you, what I'm going to tell you is what I figured out was that by the type of game that I was playing uh-huh. at that point, there was a point in that game when I realized I'm not going to convert these people to my side. Right. They're unconvertible. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to play the game that's going to make it so that I am, in fact, the guy sitting next to him. Right. He will fight the battle for me. Right. That's why you saw me able to go to those tribal councils and speak my mind, tell anybody whatever I wanted to say about them. Right. Because that made it even more compelling to him to say, I'm going to have this guy sit next to me. He's not playing this to win it at this point. So you he made... can't convert the vote. He can't get the win by the way he's conducting these tribal councils, the way he is conducting himself in the field of play before we get to the tribal council. Right. So I'm going to bring him to the end. All of them thought that they were still at somehow, some way, they were going to get to the final three and that they were going to somehow be sitting next to Boston Rob in the final three, and then everybody was going to go, well, you know, I won two immunity challenges, so I should win. And, you know, um, I didn't lie to any of you. I just stayed true to Boston Rob, and, you know, and I, I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings and so go for me. Mm-hmm. They were not, they, what they did not see through was is that Boston Rob came to win. Right. And he came to get to the end of this game. And the only people that were going to be sitting next to him were the two people that he thought that he could beat. And right. he said that in all of his final interviews. Natalie, 19-year-old girl who, you know, did the best, you know, she could out there. Mm-hmm. But basically, you know, he brought her to the end. In my case, similar situation where I did things, I did the work to make sure that I eliminated any of my potential competition that could potentially get to the end to that chair with me. Right. And by doing that was, like I said, forming the Stealth RS organization and telling everybody it was an impervious organization and we weren't going to allow anybody to penetrate, you know, Stealth RS. That was an argument that was very welcoming to Boston Rob. Again, oh, I got to yeah. keep this guy. I got to keep this guy here. I mean, he's talking about, you know, kicking them out. And look at him. He's really, you know, he's kicking out these pissing Steve off. He's pissing Steve <laughs> off. They're talking about him instead of who? Me? Right. Keep it up, boy. Keep it up, son. So I... <laughs> So what I'm saying to you is I think that the only person who can be assured that they're going to be sitting, if it's up to coach next to him, there's one person in that game who can be absolutely sure they'll be sitting next to him. What? Edna. Edna? Edna. Yes, because she's, um, she's not, she can't win the game. Nobody would cast give her a vote at and this point in the game. Cochran, too. He's not going to get a vote. Well, what about Brandon Hans? I yeah. feel like there's a bunch Cochran, of these guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cochran... Cochran won't get a vote, but I think that the others will attempt to get. I think he's in the final four, by the way, Cochran. Uh huh. 
I think he's in the final four. He might make the final three, but I definitely think he'll make the final four. Um, because I see other people being eliminated before him. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you th- um, so that's help. Yeah. Did I answer your question? I think there? so. Yeah, I, I think, think so. so. Now, do you think Cochran has played a good game this season? I think a guy, the problem with, 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 with a person, Sophie's played it very well. For example, him, they're both Cochran and Sophie are two very, very bright people. Yes. Right. You know, off the charts, smart. Sophie, if at least from what we've seen, does not put that on full display mm-hmm. early in the game. There's something about Cochran that he's kind of awkward and nerdy, but you still get the sense that he's a really smart guy. Yeah. Got his glasses on, intellectual. I go to Harvard. You know, he's putting it out there. You know, and sometimes what you might want to do is not put on your strengths in full display. Mm-hmm. And so I think he, he did that early on. And so it alienated him and immediately made him, you know, uh, you know, he really couldn't do much more than what he's done. And so, you know, from his, uh, his unwillingness at times to take his shirt off and get it, you know, because you know, he was so skinny and he was so pale. I mean, these little insecurities, in a way, it kind of says people keep him in the game yeah. longer. Mm-hmm. Okay, but the problem with that is if you're going to do that, then you got to make moves like Sophie's doing right now. Baby, when certain things come up, you better win them. Philip loves you this better, Sophie. Now, huh? You love Sophie. I'm not in love with Sophie. I'm just making an <laughs> observation that very much as I was looking out the window and a red car and a blue car came by, and you asked me, what went by? Which one do you like better? I like the blue one because, you know, the wheels are a little shinier. I'm just giving you the indication of what I'm witnessing, not so much what I like. Well, we like to play matchmaker on the podcast. Yes. I know you do. I know you do. I'm trying to be careful. Stay some back out there again with somebody, right? (laughs) But I will say my my observation is Sophie's played it right, and Cochran, to your point, is he played it right to a certain point. Yeah. It was like when he made that move that he made, I didn't begrudge him at all. Right. Yeah. I like Cochran. Guess what, guys, if you're trying to win votes, you don't walk around in coach's coat. I'm sorry. You go find your own feathers. Right. Little, little <laughs> well, joke there, guys. Yes, yeah, we well played. Yes. <laughs> uh, see, I like Cochran, but I just get the sense he's just like wading in the ocean and whatever the, you know, wherever the tide takes him, the tide takes him. And he's not coming up with any of these ideas for what he's going to do next himself. He, like, overthinks things. His, his plan to start off, when he was a double, he became a double agent, Philip. And I want to know what, you're th- what you think of Cochran as a double agent. Uh-huh. But he went to the other side and he was trying to uh, pretend to do the plan. And then Coach said, no, that's not what's going on. You're voting with us. Yes. Obviously not like, a good double agent. Okay, now I'm voting with these guys. And then last night, Albert comes and tells him, all right, Cochran, here's the new plan. We're voting, we're voting out these guys. And for Cochran, he's like, okay, I guess I'm, I guess I'm doing this now. Mm-hmm. But he's not like, here's my master plan. He's, here's how I'm getting to the end. Well, Jeff called him out on it, and he said that you have no plans past seven. Yeah, Jeff's a little hard on Cochran. Yeah. Jeff really blows up his spot at Tribal Council. I think everybody's <laughs> hard on Cochran. Well, I think Jeff had the same thing happen. I think Jeff had – I can't speak for Jeff. I don't talk to Jeff, you know, obviously. But let me just say that when he first made the move – well, first of all, when he became the double agent, I thought, <laughs> yes. that's pretty much slick because what happens, he doesn't even, um, he, it's like an inception. I talk about in my, uh, one of my videos, I talk about something about uh, the two sides of me. In one side, I 
I, I will plant ideas and have other people take ownership of those ideas, and then they'll attempt to use them against me. That's out there in one of those video clips. Whoa. I thought at that moment when he was, when they nominated him to be the devil agent, I thought, good for you, because you're at the bottom of the pole, and now they're going to be stupid enough to let you go over and talk to the guys without any of them with you. Again, Boston Rob would have none of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay? That wouldn't have been the Boston Rob plan, okay? No. So... Uh, okay, so, okay, so what? They let him walk over. He gets over there. He gets to do, like, da-da-da. He unfolds. He becomes, uh, what's the, uh, uh, Philby? Isn't it Kim Philby? The British spy? <laughs> so that dude is Kim Philby, who was the, you know, he was the devil agent. And he just gave away, the you know, the Allies' uh, stuff to the Germans. So, basically, that's what he did. He goes over there. He spills the beans. And I go... Okay, that's okay, because, you know, it is Survivor, it is Outwit, Outfight, Outlast. Now, now, now let's put a plan together, okay? Let's go see what you can do. You got on the slip, get in bed with Coach, and see what else you're going to do, and make a move in this game for you. But he doesn't. And that is where it begins to get irritating. It's like, well, why did you flip on your own tribe? I mean, it's, it's a different thing if you're going to flip, and you're going for the win. But if you're just going to flip, and then just kind of like you guys say, flutter, or, you know, what is it, when they tread water. Yeah. Um then it doesn't look so good. So that's where he finds himself right now. And I think, again, you know, we all have our frailties. You're starving out there. You're, you've got, you know, he was ostracized in his own tribe. He's gotten over there and he's realized they kind of like me, but they're not really loving me. And I still, I'm still here. So there's that part of him that's going on out there. And, um, hey, you know, he's got himself in a, in a predicament. So I have a lot of empathy. I have a lot of compassion for him, but at the same time, game over. Yeah. yeah. You're not going to just to win this game. Wah, Sorry. Wah. All right, we've talked about Albert. There you go. Wah, wah, wah. Wah, wah. <laughs> Albert, Sophie, and coach. Can any of the other four players win this game? Sophie. With Albert, Sophie, coach. Yes. Uh, can any of the other four players win this oh, game? Oh, I get it. <laughs> sure, if the three of them are, yeah, if the three of them are gone, let me see. Uh, <laughs> if they vote them out, will there be a winner, or will Ozzy just come back from Redemption Island and win? Ozzy, unfortunately, will not win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because the thing that Ozzy is doing is so frustrating for me. Because Ozzy lives in my neighborhood. I sometimes work in the restaurant where he works out here. It, the frustrating thing for me. I, a, well, I don't want to go into that per se. Let's just say I know from watching this season, um, the frustrating thing for me is Ozzy is a true competitor. Yes. In the sense that he's out there, he's fishing, he's getting the food. I mean, we see Richard hatching him, right? He's going and getting the bounty. He's winning certain competitions. He's finding idols. He's... Uh, He's at Redemption Island, kicking a little ass around here. Right. Climbing the top of trees. But there's one weakness that he has, Nicole. What is it? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what to put me on the spot? (laughs) I'm going to tell you. I'll answer the question. Okay. The way he talks about it Uh is killing him. Because even if he were to get to the final three and he was sitting, say, next to Coach, it's Coach, Ozzy, and Cochran. Mm -hmm. I still think he loses the coach because of the things that he says. You know, his speeches that he gives when he wins. I'll do this, and I'll do that, and I'll blah, blah. It's like, unless he's playing my game. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, best I can get here is second at this point. You know, why are you telling him that? Why can't you be gracious in the win? So you're saying that he's, Again, he has Boston his arrogance. Rob would say, 
Boston Rob would say when we would win something, he'd say, keep it quiet. Yeah. Again, if you ever watch our season again, you see us winning any of the things we win. We don't all go, yay! We do it when we get back to camp. But right in front of all of them, nothing. Mm -hmm. Nothing in your face, nothing to rub it in. I would do certain things, again, to remind everybody, I'm still in this game. I'm the guy. If any of you guys make it, bring me to the end. So, but other than that, I just feel like if he would just take, I mean, I, I mean, I'm loving his competitiveness and his, his, his drive to, to do what he's doing to, to stay in this game. But the frustration part is that after he gets the win like that, this last one that we saw, you know, the balancing act against Keith and, uh, and Jim, the thing that would have been so cool was to say, Hey guys, you know, it's a tough game out here. Good to see everybody. Uh, Everybody looks good, staying strong, you know, something like that. But if you go back and you play the clip and you hear what he says, it's like, eh, 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 I'm mad at you. Yeah. And not a strategy to for the jury. I mean, if I'm wrong, you guys tell me. No, you're, no, it's. He's, like, he's not charismatic at all. Yeah. No, well, I you disagree. You don't have to be charismatic, but you can be quiet. Yeah. It's, if you've got nothing good to say, then don't say anything <laughs> in that in his situation. I'm the last person to be saying something like that. Isn't that true? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's a char- charisma issue. I think well, it's I think more it, that he's just kind of being uh, kind of being a jerk well, about the whole thing. you could be arrogant and charismatic at the same time, and you know it could kind of help you. If that makes sense. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I, he, he, if he says things like, like when I say, hey, guys, that was a really tough challenge, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is probably one of the toughest things I've done in my life. And, but you know what? I see a lot of you guys are still out there, still hanging strong. You know, my power to you, more power to you, to all of you. I hope to see, you know, see you all at the end. Take care. Something like that. Yeah. Because then you're playing to the jury. The way he's going about it now, I see him sitting there with any of those other people, even though he's worked his ass off to get to the end, sort of like what Matt couldn't do. Yeah. Now he's in the final three, and he's sitting there, and they won't, they won't give him the votes. He loses six to five. When we all would argue that, you know what, theoretically, given what he went through, he gave up, you know, he went out there, he fought, you know, he might deserve to win, blah, blah, blah. You know, argue, you know we could argue from this way to Sunday that he deserved to win, you know. But the way he's going about it now, it's like that jury's going to be looking at him, and they're going to be remembering how he talked to them. Mm-hmm. Phil, That's it... how I see it. I don't know if you guys see any of that, like, the way I see it. No, we agree. At the end of every time he wins something – or when he loses something, his response back. Yeah, and then he has a temper tantrum if he loses. Well, if it's yeah. Cochran's fault. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Philip, did it make you mad last night when you saw that immunity challenge that they did where they carried all the rice on their head and they spilled all the rice on the ground? It was such a waste of rice. You know what? If I'd have been there, we would have had to have a war. <laughs> <laughs> Did any of the survivors think about smuggling any of that rice back to the camp? Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't see any of that. I remember in one of our challenges, I tried to grab something. They're like, ah, ah. <laughs> so you know, uh, no, I don't think they would get. The, I don't think you would be allowed to do that. Actually, so yeah, <laughs> it back. I don't know. I I'm too sure bit- it crossed their mind. Too bad none of that rice was crispy rice. Oh, yeah. Exactly. That you know, that's one of the camp. things. I always take a photo at the restaurant I go to where they serve the crispy rice. <laughs> I love crispy rice to this day because I got so little of it when I was yes. out. Very now, delicious. Now you can have it. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't even get that little extra teaspoon of crispy. Oh, Philip. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that was one of the biggest yes. teasers. That was one of those funny things where I'm like, can I just have a teaspoon of crispy? They said, no. It's all for no. Boston Rob. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Philip, do you have time what a lot to? Of fun that was. I really enjoyed playing Survivor. I tell you, it was a lot of fun. Oh, it is fun. 
Uh, yep. Phil, do you have some time? Speaking of fun, yes. do you have time to take some questions from our listeners? That our listeners uh, submitted some questions on the Rob Has a Podcast Facebook fan page for you. Absolutely. All right, okay. let's do it. <laughs> let's see. Uh, and I will try not to ask any questions that we've already uh, covered. Uh, how about this? Oh, let me find let me find the good one. A little uh, unprepared right now. Don't call yeah. me crazy. Okay. <laughs> don't call me crazy. I won't call you crazy. Somebody, I'm joking. Somebody said that. I, I'm just. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yes. someone tweeted yes. it. Yes. Uh, Bob Walk wants to know: uh, Does Philip think that Cochran wearing pink makes him look weak? I never even thought about it, so no. Okay. <laughs> well, there you have it. Do, yeah. Do you like Cochran's outfit? I'm gonna have a problem with his outfit. <laughs> Okay. Like you and I all, anybody who plays, let me just, just go a little further, you know, to elaborate. Anybody who plays the game Survivor, there comes a point when you're out there where no matter what anybody has on, it just doesn't matter. You're playing the game. Mm-hmm. You're no longer, you, you know, initially you might go, oh my God, he's got on pink underwear. What's all that about? You know, mm-hmm. but there Wh- comes a which point where like, he's in. still here. He Whoa. is still here. Yeah. Right? So. What'd you end up doing with those underwear? Actually, you don't remember that, but there was a team where we burned them. Oh, that's right. That's right. I remember. Uh, I, was, I was upset over that. <laughs> yeah. You know how much those would have gone for we on eBay, Phil? Yeah. Well, no. The, the, the fact of the matter is, I did, at the time when I got back, I did go buy a bunch of those pink underwear. And at some point in the future, at some charity event that I, you know, I'm ready when I'm ready to do it, all those things that I have, I have the feathers, I have the blanket. It's my dream to be able to cut that blanket up in little pieces <laughs> after I've become really you know, uh, a celebrity, if you will, with some of the other ventures that I'm working on uh-huh. to actually auction those off for some sort of research for cancer or something like that. But I don't think, I think it's premature to do that now. I don't think it had garnished what, what I hope to have it garnished in the future for such a, for such an effort. I, that's, that's my plan with that. It's actually frame them, send them off a little sign signature and, and have people bid on them, you know, for some worthy cause like that. Uh, I would love to have the framed pink underwear in the office here. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I really would. Well, I have some of them. And some fans, if they, there's, there have been people that have been known for me to pop, the, pop my car and sign a couple of pairs. But here you guys can have them like that. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. This... For me, it, 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 to me, it's, the clothes is not what make a man. Mm-hmm. You could be in a very fancy suit. Ask John Gotti. And, you know what I'm saying? So it doesn't. The clothes is not what makes a man. What makes a man is about what's coming from within. What is your heart about? What do you try to do in your daily life to make the world a better place? What do you try to do? You know, if you saw a person hungry on the street, do you reach out and help? Do you, you know, it's, it's about who you are from inside. And it doesn't matter what clothing you have on. Yeah. Do you give him a, nice a teaspoon helps. of crispy rice? <laughs> yes. Well, I generally try to have a couple of pieces of rice in my pocket anyway on any given day. <laughs> wow. That's a joke, folks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Matt McCormick wants to know, Philip, if Cochran were to get animal tattoos on each of his shoulders, what animals would you suggest he gets? Ooh, that's a good question. Well, I would say in his case, on his left shoulder, a poodle. I would probably have him with a uh, an alligator. Ooh, that's kind of badass. Because an alligator is an animal that's capable of defending and owning any space, mm-hmm. and that would remind him to be that way, particularly when he's going to make a move like he did in Survivor. At that point going forward, he has to own the space going forward. He has to know exactly who he is and what he's going for and just go for it and put that on full display. Let the devil take the, you know, 
take what's left over, but basically he's taken what he needs to get out of that game. On his right shoulder, I don't think I'd have an animal. I'd have a spear. Whoa. Ooh. You know, like the kind of spear in ancient times. Uh, because the thing about a spear, if you know how to use it, and you throw it, it has a way of hitting its mark and devastating whatever it hits. I think you could use that going forward. I don't know. I don't like the idea of Cochran throwing a spear. I don't yeah, want to be dangerous. anywhere around when Cochran no, you throws a spear. You missed the connotation. <laughs> yes. It's a, the connotation is not actually throwing the spear. It's what it represents. Mm-hmm. So in other words, again, referring back to Survivor, when he made that move, yeah. if he would have known where he was going, he could have, you know, he could have, that could have been a very effective the way to get himself there, potentially. Yeah. It would have been it would have been just as tough as it is now. But, you know, the way you're talking about him, the way other people are talking about him, it, there's there's obviously there's something that disconnected there. We don't really know what that is watching, you know, what we see fully or what occurs out there completely. But from what we've seen, it appears like he, after he made the move, he wasn't sure what he was going to do next, and he's fair to flip-flop. You know, once a flipper, always a flipper. Mm-hmm. You can be a flipper too. Okay. <laughs> so maybe he should get a dolphin. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't like that one for him. Sorry. I'm trying to give him directed, really positive, and you know, moving forward like that. I like Cochran, by the way, as a, as a person and yeah. a human being, based on what I read on his site. You know, the guy yeah. is clearly a very bright guy, bright kid, and uh, he's playing a very, very tough game. And I'm sure he's putting forth the best of his abilities that he can, given the set of circumstances that he finds himself in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you like the idea of Cochrane with tattoos in general? I wouldn't recommend it in general mm-hmm. uh, in terms of just for anybody. When you get a tattoo, it's generally, in my case, it represented. I, by the way, I have a feather now. I, since being on Survivor, I put the hawk feather on my forearm, and right below it, it has my great-great-grandfather's name on it. And again, I put things like that on me to represent, you know, um, uh, something meaningful for me. So I can, you heard how I related about why the gorilla was there, why the lion is there. And now I have the feather, the hawk, uh, in, the, in, in reference to, um, in honor of my great, great grandfather, uh, who guided me when my shorts were taken and <laughs> I was able to, to yes. find them in moments <laughs> the next following morning. Thank you, grandfather. Yes. <laughs> um, Evan Clemente has a question about your great great grandfather. He wants to know who is your great great grandfather telling you who will win this season? But I think I have a guess who it is. Well, actually, one of the things that I've never done is what I call put trivial questions to him like that. Mm-hmm. It has to be something meaningful and, and, and have give me some direction in my life in a very positive way to put forth that question. But I suspect, had I asked him that question, you might be saying soapy. I mm, yeah. saw that coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, Andrew Butts wants to know who would be the stealth R Us of this season. Well, obviously, my very first entry would be Albert. Mm-hmm. Ooh. My second choice would be Sophie. Mm-hmm. And there's two others. Michaela. Whoa. And, and, she's um, tough. huh? Michaela's tough. Yeah, she's tough. I really liked her a lot. Yeah. From, you know, from toughness, physicalness. Uh, she had, she had some, she took a lot of stuff from Brandon early on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dawn also would make it in Stealth Bar Rush. 
Yeah, yeah and, she's good. And, uh, and she's like got Dylan. toughness, physical toughness. She faltered. She came back. Um, I think if she would have made the move that she actually, I want to come back to Cochran just for a second. Had she made the move that she said she was going to make with Cochran, mm-hmm. Cochran might be looking a little different to us right now because that's what I was thinking initially. Yeah. But then they went to tribal council and she did something totally different. And then once again, we saw her again last night coming to him and saying, you know, maybe I blah, 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 blah. So she has a little bit of that quivering. She reminds me of Andrea a little bit from my season where I desperately wanted to partner with Andrea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was getting She was strong. She was smart. She understood the game survivor. But again, she would waver and, you know, I can't do it. No, sorry, Philip. Yeah. So I still respect her greatly. So don't think that because I brought her up and I made reference to her. No, I definitely feel because uh, she is a member of Stealth R, I think. <laughs> A third degree. Yeah. Let me ask a question about Stealth R Us. So Stealth R Us was uh, originally, before Andrea was included, uh, Grant, you, and Boston Rob. But ultimately, Grant did not make it to the end. Now, was that all part of the plan? Were you? Did you and Boston Rob know all along that Grant wasn't going to be there in the end? Or was Grant supposed to be there in the end and Rob shifted it or the two of you decided to shift it? Well, what was brilliant about Boston Rob and I's strategy and what I liked about it is that I never had to be a party directly to his thinking about who he was going to eject necessarily from the game. I could make my own – I was pretty accurate in my own analysis without ever going to him and saying, Boston Rob, who's going home tonight? I let the others do that. I always made sure that he and I were not seen talking together. Very, You rarely see he and I actually talking and strategizing because I knew what the – Surmise, who would he be ejecting from the game? So when, when Grant went, I wasn't surprised by it. And when Ashley went, I wasn't surprised by it. Mm-hmm. So 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 um, the girls were part of Stuff or Us almost immediately. But it was the guys who initially formed the group. Um, you know, you know Boston Rob and Grant are walking down the beach one day, and Rob says, you know, we – and we've got a cool group here, you know, the three of us are going in and I go, well, we should have a name. You know, how about Stealth R Us? And they're like, Stealth R Us? You know, it was like that. We came up with some other names, but they, they all like Stealth R Us. And then I came up with the, you know, the Minimalist, uh, the Assassin, myself, the Specialist. And I had to come up with something for the girls. And I called them the Three Degrees of Separation. Well, Shocker, <laughs> Sunshine, and Divinity. Yeah. Ashley was Shocker. Andrea was uh, Divinity. And, and, and Natalie was Sunshine. And I have reasons for every one of those names for each one of them. They didn't necessarily know that, but yes. Yeah. There was a girl <laughs> who went to my college that her nickname was Shocker also. <laughs> for a different reason. Well, Ashley no. had that. I gave Ashley, let me just give you one. For example, in the case of Ashley, Ashley had that quality being a professional basketball player, uh, a nurse, and a, and, a, and a fierce competitor. Mm-hmm. If she was the type of girl, and she demonstrated that, that in a given set of situation where you might think you could own it, not so fast, Buster. My name is <laughs> Ashley Underwood. I'm coming to take this place. And she would do that. And she would win the challenge or you know, win the immunity. I gave Andrea the name Divinity because there was something about her being from a farm and homespun and those beautiful you know, eyes and the blonde hair. She looked just like Divinity. And I called Natalie Sunshine because other than when I was, uh, you know, deliberately, I admit it, deliberately going things like, girls, get up and help up around here, you know, stuff like that. Um, she would be so pleasant. She would help anyone do anything. A great admiration for her, you know, for being 19 years old and coming out there and playing the game she did. And, 
sewing up Grant's shoes. And, oh, you know, sure. you knew that when she was doing certain things that she would do, it wasn't with a necessarily a motivation or a conspiracy behind it. She was just that person, a breath of sunshine. That's, mm-hmm. that's all that was. Mm-hmm. She's really sweet. We met her in real life, and she's just a sweetheart. Yeah. A real fine girl. Yeah. yeah. Philip, do you have nicknames for me and Nicole? Yeah, we need nicknames. Okay. So for Nicole... Yes. I want to come back to Nicole. I'm going to go to you. I'm going to say, because uh, I've talked to Rob more. Right. I got a sense and I bumped into him a couple of times. I, Rob, you know, you're almost, you're right in that, you're in that, what I call like the minimalist capability, but I would call you a mentat. You know what that is? A mentat? Like yeah. No, I yeah. don't know what that is. Well, if you ever read any of Herbert, uh, Frank Herbert's books, he wrote a book called The Dune Series. Okay. Books. In the very first one, the toughest thing that they have to come up against, uh, God, I can't remember the guy's name. I don't want to think of that many, uh, Aquarius. Uh, I can't think of the guy's name. Somebody else will probably text it to you later. But the toughest <laughs> thing that he has to come up against in the series is this thing called a mid-tat. It's shrewd. It's extremely intelligent. It can do logic and mathematical you know, computations at the speed of thought. Wow. And he has to defeat it. And he does defeat it. If you ever want to rent a good movie, go rent that movie. Watch Dune, Dune at home. You'll see this creature. He's huge. I don't, you don't look like it, so don't think that I'm, <laughs> I'm comparing you to it in appearance. Because they make it the most grotesque-looking thing of anything. But in terms of its calculation, its ability to think and think very quickly on its feet, it's phenomenal. Okay. Does it podcast at all? Huh? Does it have a podcast? It, well, it actually has something stronger than a podcast. It has the ability to permeate your thoughts and supplant thoughts in your head. Well, it's Inception. like a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, it. So it's, so it's got an incredible podcast, right? Wow. That's better than a podcast. However, I want you to know, again, there is this thing that goes up against it that's uh, this, this guy who's going to go up and, and save, you know, uh, he's, he, he moves forward through each of the books, so Frank Herbert's book. I can't believe it. I can't think of the guy's name. Um, but he, too, is like me, the specialist. He figures out a way to defeat you. Yeah. Sorry, Rob. Oh, that's fine. That sounds good. Uh, well, <laughs> well, be fine. Nicole? It better be a good one, Philip. Well, if I could write the beauty of your eyes and impress numbers, name all your graces, they should come and say, this poet lies. Such heavenly beauty never such an earthly place. <laughs> so should my poem be termed an antique song, a stretch meter of some old poem? But were your beauty... Or some child of yours alive, your beauty shall live twice in it and in my rhyme. Now, that was Shakespeare talking about oh. a beautiful lady. So I would say for you, I would call you beauty. Oh, I'll oh take it. it's a beauty. Okay. <laughs> That's what I want to be referred to from now on. <laughs> beauty. <laughs> wow. That's... Well, thank you, Philip. Yeah. That's e- easier to explain to people than my nickname. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> But you see, the thing about it is your reputation precedes you. Yeah. I mean, I went out and looked at something recently. Somebody sent me a link about Survivor Hall of Fame. Yes. And all I kept saying was, Rob, 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 So you're, you're now, Rob. Yeah, were they people confused that Boston Rob they were writing? No, they write your full name. That's what's wonderful about it. Oh. Uh, <laughs> My name came up once out there on that list. Philip. All right, well, maybe after this appearance. I think they were probably, huh? After this What's appearance, that? I think we'll see it a few more we'll times. See a, lot, a lot more of your name. 
Well, you know what? I again, thank you so much. But to me, it's uh, to have to have an opportunity to play the game and to be able to to put on every aspect of my personality and still get in second. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me get, ask a few more questions here. Uh, sure. Ari Kohav wants to know: point out the role of each member of the uh, of the Upalu plus Cochrane Alliance. Uh, who is the specialist, the mentalist, and the assassin of the remaining players? Well, the specialist would be Albert in this case. Mm-hmm. Okay, agreed. Okay. Um, The assassin, which you're not going to, you wouldn't necessarily agree with it, but the person who definitely performed in this role is Coach. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's he's been able to quelch, just the way we call Grant. He was the assassin, the destroyer of aspirations. Whatever Albert's aspirations have been at this point, Coach has nullified them completely. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sophie would be the mentalist. Okay. That's... And the rest of those characters would be the degrees of separation. <laughs> oh, they're just like you know, self AR. They're just degrees, you know. Yeah. The points on their chart. So, um, uh, your friend Frank Clark wants to know. Please ask Philip if he's watching Boston Rob on his show around the world uh, in eighty different ways. I have not watched that show. I've been saving it. What I like to do with you know certain shows is I put them on record and then. One day when I'm ready, I've got a couple of things that I've been writing a book. I've been doing a lot of other stuff. So in in between doing that, there's going to come a point where I'm going to take a break, like through the holidays, and I'm going to go watch it all at once. That's how I watch The Sopranos. I just watched it like nonstop once on a marathon. I got like a really bad cold. I started watching it. So I have it recorded, and uh, I, I do want to watch the show. So I have not done that yet. And Boston Rob is aware of that. I told him I haven't gotten to it yet. But over the holidays, that's my plan is to go back and enjoy that with the family, just kick back and watch it. How many different ways would it take you to get around the world? The specialist? Yeah. It would only take me one way because I'd be riding on the shuttle. Whoa. Ooh. Yeah. I think you'd be better. You would have been a better uh, co-host of that show than the guy that they have on there. Probably. I think you'd be on, show? on around the world in eighty ways. It's not just Boston Rob. There's another guy too. And they just fight. Well, I can't speak to it. I can just tell you. Um, I don't know who the you know who it is that's hosting the show. <laughs> I'm working on some things of my own right now that I can't even talk about in any shape or form other than say I'm working on some things that might, in fact, someday in the future uh, have me you know working in that capacity as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, we look forward to it. I think this is an interesting. No, we would look forward to it. Yeah. yeah. I think this is an interesting question from uh, James Fry. Uh, and he wants to know, uh, ask Philip if he feels as if he was edited fairly. And I, I'm curious to know what you uh, have to say about that. Well, for me, I believe that any time you're watching anything on television and you agree to participate in any show that is considered, quote, entertainment, the first responsibility of anyone that owns the rights to that show, to the network that's putting the show on the air, to, uh, uh, I'm missing one of their components, the directors and the producers of the show, they have their first responsibility to the audience. Mm Mm-hmm. 
and anyone else to participate in that process, since it is a game show, it's a reality, but it's a game show, survivor of the game, it's to make sure that it's 100% entertaining. And the reason I say that is because I don't let, I don't, I wouldn't have looked to, let's say they had painted me to be, you know, the coming of Moses, <laughs> Moses return. Right. You know, who cares if I was the devil incarnate in my real life? Right. So to me, it doesn't, I don't look to the show like that. I look to it. Was it entertaining? Was it amazing entertainment? Do I get stopped five times a day right now through this season, no matter where I go, no matter what, quote, costume, glasses, sunshades, you know, got the hat spun around backwards, no matter how I look. If they're in a horse and buggy, they're screaming my name, Philip, we love you. You know, so to me, it was amazing entertainment the way they did it. If their fans couldn't stop talking about me, I still get people to come up to me. As soon as they talk to me for five minutes, they go, you're not crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, ma'am, I'm not. Right. Uh, I can ask you one, one question. Please, please, please. What is it? Uh, were you were your former federal agent? Yes, I was. I mean, how do I know you really were? I guess you'll never know. <laughs> you, know <laughs> I kind of said, you know, they had a person come out and tell you. So for me, I am grateful for two reasons. One, the show um, was a hit. We beat American Idol twice in Canada, and they wrote about it, and they attributed it to the wacky former federal agent. Um. To me, the, the way they edited it, it just made it so much more entertaining. I mean, you, you, Rob, you, you've watched these things over the years. I mean, what do you think about in terms of the entertainment value? Forget to take me out of it. It's like, oh, my God, what, what my personal feelings are. Were you entertained last year? Well, Phil, I think what was especially brilliant about what you did was that you came up with a strategy that was not only going to get you to the end of the game – but was also going to get you the most airtime on the show. So you really got the best of uh, of both worlds there in that you got you got to the end of the game and in my opinion and uh, you know I don't have any say in this I think you've definitely uh, anytime you would want to go back onto the show I think they would be happy to have you for all of the entertainment value that you provided. And one of the things that I feel that Thank you so much for saying that, because one of the things that I felt that people didn't understand, and, and I know this from reading, you know, you heard me quote Minyamoto Musashi, you heard me talk about Buddhism, you heard me talk about, you know, in little tiny clips of it, they would give it. But basically, one of the things that my strategy allowed me to do was first figure out how you're going to get to, it was like on day eight, I figured out, okay, so there's 30 more days out here, but on day eight, I figured out, oh my God, there is a way for me to get to the end of this game. I'm going to give this a few more. I'm going to spend three or four more days, up to like seven. I think I did one more week. I'm going to get one more week and see if I can wrestle these people from under Boston Rob. I can't do that. We're going to change the strategy. We're going to a little temper tantrum. Something's going to change. But I mean, I got to think that all the way through. And I thought about it, and then I came up with this strategy of being this character, what I call go big or go home. So I went big. It offered entertainment. I knew that the audience at home would potentially like seeing it. That doesn't mean, were you acting? No. I just was willing to allow something that most people, a lot of times in a show like that, aren't willing to put on display. Like, in other words, they won't give an honest reaction when someone pisses them off because they're worried about the jury belt. Or, you know, they're worried about, what, what are the people going to think if they see me at home? You know, so if they're thinking like that, then it, it kind of controls you giving what I call unnatural responses in a given situation. And therefore, you're not interesting. Hello? Mm-hmm. Right? 
That's right. why the first four or five episodes, people would come up to me and they go, you're crazy, dude, you're wacky. And I go, let me ask you something. What's that girl's name that's in my truck? You know, the one with the long front. I don't know. What about the other? They couldn't tell me their name. So I was like, okay, I'm over the top. I'm larger than life. I'm standing in front of you right now. How do I see me? Well, you don't seem... So for me, the strategy allowed me to, like you said, become this huge entertaining guy, um, garnish a lot of airtime, uh, at the same time play the game, and at the same time maybe create some opportunities for me down the road. And I believe I've done that, you know, to your point, that in the event that they should have, you know, if I said, hey, I want to come back, I think that they would consider having me back. I, again, I'm not, I'm not in on some G2 that says that's going to happen, but... I think that Survivor and the producers and the network realize that, you know what, Philip, for a guy who came out here and, you know, played the game with his heart and, you know, played to the best of his ability, uh, was, you know, played up and edited the way he was, he's got a pretty good attitude about all this. Never read anything about him going off the deep end, you know. Uh, <laughs> haven't had any bar fights, right? Hasn't beat up a fan who called him crazy to his face. Yeah, never on crazy. TMZ. Right. Well, I'm on TMZ, but they're always asking me silly questions, you know. But the, other than that, it's it's not for a negative reason. So um, I'd love to do it again. Um, I can't guarantee you that it would be, quote, the same guy. But it'd be, you know, part of me there to be some other – there's so many different aspects and complexity to all of us as human beings. The question is, are we willing to show that? But I'm just saying, for me, it was great to have an opportunity to play, and as far as the edit goes, I had absolutely uh, no problem with it. I get asked that all the time. I've had people here, you know, in Hollywood because I live out here, say to me, "You know, that was a pretty rough edit. Uh, I don't know if you can overcome that in your career." Uh, mm-hmm. Well, I'm sorry. I believe anything in life can be overcome. Yeah, it's one perspective. It's about, uh, and not that I feel like I need to overcome anything. I'm just saying. I just find it interesting when people say things like that to me. Well, you've never yeah. said that that wasn't what you were doing. You've said that you did what you did on purpose. You didn't ever said that anything was out of context, right. correct? Right. Well, exactly. See, what I well, no, what 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 I what I would say is, as you know from having played the game, there are several different things that emerge in the course of the game. It is up to them to decide what they will display. I mean, I was also a guy who meditated a lot out there. Mm-hmm. I was a guy who practically, Boston, Rob, and I, you know, were probably the hardest workers out there. At one tribal council, you see where David and the other tribe is trying to convince my tribe, uh, you know, convince me to convert. I, I forget which one it is, but it's right here. I could think of the second tr- tribal council after the merge. They're trying to convince me to jump ship and join them, and they're talking about how hard I'm working and how my tribe doesn't seem to, my other tribe may seem to do nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. So that could have been that side of me doing all of that could have been aired. Right. Right. However, boring. Boring. It's boring. <laughs> you know, where, where Charlie Sheen would go winning. We go boring. <laughs> Who gives a shit about some guy working his ass off getting wooden? Get... No. So I think well, the way the show edited the show was brilliant because I think from this time to the day I die, I'll be walking down the street and I'll go, I remember you, brother. You put that dude on. I remember you. 40 years ago, you was on some other, weren't you? That's yeah. me. Let me ask you something. Did you ever get any medication for that condition? <laughs> <laughs> so I think that, yes, I embraced every aspect of my personality and was willing to put it on display if it got me to the end, if I could play the game and get to the end. And yeah. so I wasn't worried about how you and the rest of America was going to view me, you know, while I was playing the game. Because I think if you play the game that way, you're very uninteresting. I, I, I'm sorry. 
You know, if you're constantly looking at your skin, wondering, oh, my God, my hands are so dirty. Oh, my God, I'm wearing these pink underwear. My goodness. <laughs> They've got stains on them. Are they going to take that shit? <laughs> you, know, you, can't worry, you can't worry about stuff yeah. like that. Right? Yeah. You just got to play the game. Yeah. And so it's not just in Survivor. Yeah, that's really, in life. Yeah. Yeah. That's Survivor. Uh, all right, a couple more questions. David Healy says, Philip, I am your biggest fan. Ooh. We've seen Coach shift from being a big character to being a dominant strategist. Could we expect a similar evolution from you if you were to play Survivor again? Okay, so when I go and play the game, if I get invited and I go and play the game again, the reason I would like to play You know, villains like you know, fans favorite villain. Because then I'm on equal footing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody knows who I am. I know who they are. I've done my research. They've done theirs. And are you a hero and, or a villain? In my case, I can be either. Yes. You're a hero on the inside. Depending on who the people are. Mm-hmm. In other words, if I'm around a group of people and I'm looking at them and I'm analyzing them like we do in our everyday life. Albert Einstein once was asked a question in an interview. He said, if you could ask, they asked him, if you could ask the universe any question, what would it be? He said, and this is a direct quote, universe, are you friendly? Hmm. The reason he asked that question is because I like that question is because that's the question that you and I ask every time we go to some new party or we meet someone at a coffee shop off by chance. We go to the ballpark, someone's walking a dog, you start a conversation with them. The things that, the, one of the first questions that pops in your mind is, are they friendly? Are they approachable? Can I relate to them? Are they interested in relating to me? So if I saw that in the game when I was playing it, then yes, I can be a hero. But equally, if you attack me, I'll let the lions come out. you know right i'll let the gorilla come out but each one of those animals a gorilla is a very gentle animal until provoked that's what i said Mm -hmm. yes a lion stands off from afar observing he hurt try to attempt to hurt one of his own or it's dinner time (laughs) right and then he comes out and he does his thing that's how i am as a human being so yes i can be either hero or villain i think it's you know when i did that little charming little thing with with Nicole just now when I quoted Shakespeare. Yes. You know, uh, that's another aspect to me. Do that all day long, you know, with people and women. And when I meet people in general, that's one of the things I do. You know, I, if I saw you coming in the, you know, Nicole, if I, I don't, if I saw you coming in the coffee shop one morning, I'm, I'm the guy that doesn't come on to you, but he recognizes what you have on and, and paid enough attention that that one thing that you're wearing that's new or different. Mm-hmm. I'll let you know about it. You better watch that it, Philip. likable. Oh. That, be- that raises my likability factor. Oh, you know, well, already has. To me. You better watch <laughs> it, Philip. It already has. Yes. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. So in general, though, I'm a gentleman. I never go after that, which is already taken. Yes. Unless it's not being treated very well. So yes. And that's another thing. Yes. We're, I'm joking. We already, <laughs> you guys don't Philip, get, please. That's the kind of thing I do, huh? Don't- don't joke around. We already have a big problem with survivors getting divorced and having mm-hmm. secret marriages. Yes. Please, Philip. <laughs> I'm not married, by the way, Nicole. I mean, uh, Rob. <laughs> okay, good. Joking. Again, see, that's my joke. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so, 
No, but I have a, I've been dating the same woman for five and a half years. She's a speech pathologist. She has two master's degrees. Oh, wow. She's a wonderful woman. She has three kids, and we've been together for five and a half years. So. Oh, congratulations. Oh, yeah. Thanks. I'm just saying, people don't, you know, they think, oh, they're crazy. No, I date a very, very bright, very uh, intelligent woman. She was in New York with me, by the way, at the reunion, and I posted some pictures out there on Facebook with her, with my family and my sisters and, and things like that. So. Okay. so there's no chance for Sophie. Uh, we're not going to answer that question. <laughs> okay. Philip, well, thank you so much for uh, answering all these questions. Uh, do you have anything uh, going on uh, interesting? Yes. Uh, there's always something interesting going on with the specialist. <laughs> uh, I think of myself in that way only because I have a, a book online oh, wow. at Tumblr called The Costa Rica Job. Whoa. It's a story where I've kind of integrated um, past experiences, some true, some fictional, from when back in my days when I was what a former federal agent, and I blended that in a little bit with uh, some interesting data points. Like I'm flying in an airplane on my way down to work a job in Costa Rica, and I look out of the side of the plane, and what do you know? It looks like some people on an island down there. Isn't that San Juan their store down there? It looks like they're playing in a reality game. Okay, well let's <laughs> go ahead and bank to the left. And right, so there's stuff like that that kind of ties it into Survivor a little bit. Yeah, uh, that's a great story that I've written. In fact, I've had a very very famous director. Um, who I can't name right now, who's been reading it. He's interested in it. He likes it. He's dying for me to get to the end of it. Um, I've been in conversations with others, uh, potentially for um, doing something that's really exciting relative to television. Yeah. Um, can't provide any more details than that, but I'm hoping down the road Ooh. here as things move forward that uh, uh, potentially I'll be able to discuss and disclose more. Um, but I think it's from a Survivor fan's perspective in terms of uh, – you know, being able to see Philip Shepard at one day back on television, um, I think that'll be exciting. I'm not talking about the show Survivor either. And in terms of uh, potential participation, I haven't been, that has not been extended uh, at this point, but I would welcome it should it come my way. You're not taking um, over well, for Regis, are you? No. Okay. That's... I would not do that. Why would I want to take over for something when I might have the potential to create something? So, Whoa. You know, we'll see what happens, uh, <laughs> you know, down the road that way. And uh, I look forward to we're talking about it. it seems like a lot of the people that have participated in this wonderful franchise of uh, Survivor have been able to go do some other things uh, in life, and it's quite remarkable. And I'm hoping to, you know, be able to take advantage of that as well going forward, uh, given the uh, the wonderful platform of being able to participate in such a great, great show franchise. Yeah, uh, like Survivor. All right, well, Philip, so thank you so much for having me on the show. I enjoyed speaking to you and Nicole and. Uh, yeah. I just want to say, you know, going forward, um, I'm, I'm going to be you know, looking forward to hearing uh, uh, what happens for the rest of the season here and um, hope to see you at the, at the finale. Oh, we'll uh, be there. Yeah, we'll be there. But we're not going to go to the actual finale finale, but we'll go to the parties we just go to the after. parties. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. thank you so much, Philip. This was a really good time. Yeah, and I think we got to see a side of you that we did not get to see on the show. Yes. That's true. And uh, I enjoyed every minute of it, guys. Oh, all right, Philip. thanks, Philip. Well, you take care. And all, right, take all, care. all the best. By the way, my son says, hello. All right, bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay, take, bye, Philip. Yeah, take care, Philip. All right, Nicole, there you have it. You Philip Shepard. You forgot to ask him why he blocked um, Stephen on Twitter. You know what? I didn't think it was going to be. <laughs> maybe it wasn't something that Philip wanted to but talk Stephen about. But Stephen needed answers. He needs closure. <laughs> I'm sure that Stephen <laughs> can find some way to get to the bottom of that. Yes. <laughs> Now, Nicole, last week we talked extensively about some of the feuds that were going on with the survivors on Twitter. I feel 
really bad for Survivor Cochran at Survivor Cochran. Yes. He doesn't deserve to be treated so poorly. <laughs> he really doesn't deserve it. Well, Survivor Cochran, whether it's on Twitter or whether it's on the internet, I see, um, you know, I see the search terms that show up on the website, like most popular search terms. Yeah. Last week I had to uh, clean up the filter that the most popular search term to get to the website was John Cochran is an a-hole. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> Who is Googling that? Oh, people. We're, we're going to have a, a People survivor, are Googling that. Survivor suicide. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't know if it was anybody from the Savai tribe mm, that was Googling that. I think it was Jim. Yes, that was one of the things that people were Googling to get oh, to our website. Guys, now, we don't have anything written on the website. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John would, Cochran is an a-hole. How would they get to our site on that then? I, well, I think we write a lot about John Cochran. You, and his a-hole? <laughs> no. <laughs> it wasn't a, they weren't Googling about his a-hole. I, I know. I get it. Thank you. <laughs> yes. But no need to bully Survivor Cochran on Twitter. Well, yeah. So the, the, a lot of the survivors tweet at Survivor Cochran. Right. During Twitter. But even the fans, they, they treat him yes, so the bad. Fans, the fans bully Survivor Cochran a bit alone. also. Even Mertz is bullying Survivor Cochran on oh, Twitter. Oh, that's uncalled. Cyberbullying. Uncalled for. Uncalled for. So uh, Survivor Cochran last night, uh, I forget what exactly uh, he tweeted. Let me see. So he, he tweeted something and uh, Russell tweeted at Survivor Cochran basically, you're next, you're next. Yes, he like taunts him. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what happened then was then Survivor Cochran uh, tweeted back to Russell Hans, "You talk a mean game on Twitter, Russell, but I've got two fists and bulging biceps that'll do all the talking when we meet," <laughs> which was pretty funny. Good one, pretty, which was good one, funny. Cochran. But then uh, now. Melanie Hance on Twitter has gotten into this. Which is really not needed. And Melanie Hance tweets back to Survivor Cochran, Whoa, Cochran, you're effing with the wrong bull. Russ doesn't take threats so lysely. I'd watch my mouth. Obviously he was joking. <laughs> I don't know. I think Survivor Cochran wants to fight Russell. Oh, please. He was joking. <laughs> and... And now uh, I'm waiting for Brandon Hans to say, you don't talk to him like that. That's my boyfriend. <laughs> That's my friend. That's my boyfriend. That's my friend, uncle and aunt, uh, Russell and Melanie. That's my friend. You don't get to Aww. talk to him like that. I feel like I have to protect Cochran now. I have to protect his honor. Yes. <laughs> Should I get involved? Oh, uh, I, I don't know. No. No, I'm stay, not going to get involved. Sorry, stay out Cochran. Of it. Stay out of it. Um, but yeah, the... Really, everybody piles on uh, Survivor Cochran. Mm, poor guy. Yeah. Uh, I also thought that uh, Ozzy, in the continuing feud between Ozzy and Survivor Shannon... He had a good comeback. He had a good comeback. He had com a very good comeback. comeback. Uh, let me see. I don't have it in, in front of me. Uh, somebody had asked Ozzy if he fo follows Shannon Survivor, at Survivor Shannon, and Ozzy says, uh, no, I don't follow at quote marks Survivor, Survivor. Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But that, that, uh, but again, we have to say Survivor Shannon's Shannon. right. It's right. Shannon's right. <laughs> it's right. That was on Ozzy. That was uncalled for. That was uncalled for. You don't want to piss that guy off. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> that's about it for uh, feuds on Twitter this yes. week. But um, interesting tweet also from uh, Whitney Duncan, who's gotten surprisingly quiet on Twitter mm. of late. Yeah. Uh, she wrote um, <laughs> first. She wrote, uh, "Glad I got that last vote in for Cochran." 
And then uh, she also tweeted, y'all want to know what disgusts me today? People throwing around the word whore. They need to look up the definition. Jeez. So I don't know who's... People are misusing the word. She uh, retweeted a bunch of stuff and people were calling her a whore. Oh, (laughs) come on. (laughs) Which is inappropriate. Yes, and uh, we have to back up uh, (laughs) Survivor Whitney. She is not having any sort of relations with people for money. So that's that we know of. Not a whore. Yes. Okay. Yes. Everybody, get your de- get your dictionary <laughs> out, people. So would slut be the better word? <laughs> Nicole. I'm just getting the definitions right. Please. Not that I think she is one. No. <laughs> yeah. Get your dictionary out, people. Okay. Mm. So, <laughs> so lots of lots She's of more stuff. survivor. Nice person. Uh, lots of stuff uh, going on on Twitter, and we will always uh, follow it and bring it to you. Uh, Nicole, are you interested in hearing some comments? No. I <laughs> know. <What do laughs> of course mean? I am. Where are you going? Uh, I have business. Yes. So uh, the comments are always put together. They're all brought to my attention by our team of interns. Uh, Jordan Alper this week was the head of interns. Uh, he has named a successor. Okay, who is it? Jeff Burley. Jeff Burley. Okay. Yes. And we love to get your comments from uh, all the different sources on our Facebook fan page, on Twitter, Yes. Uh, also, uh, not to be forgotten, the live tweeters. Yes. The live tweeters, I've done a bad job. I have overlooked all the all the live tweeters. How dare you? Uh, the Soup Nazi, the live tweeter, is uh, talking about retiring. Why? Because there's a few there's a a feud for our attention between the interns and the live tweeters. Oh, we love all our babies. We love we love everyone. <laughs> so please, everybody, and talk to the live tweeters. Also, I we're, love the live. Tweeters. We love the live tweeters. Yes. We love the interns. There's room under the Rob has a podcast umbrella for everybody. I look forward to when the live tweeters start tweeting our podcast. I really do. Yes, and we always and we see them and we always appreciate them. And yes. if you're going to tweet about the show, use the hashtag RHAP or so, NHAG tomorrow. Oh uh, yes, Nicole has a girl cast yes. mag. Yeah. Um. So I don't like that name though. <laughs> this was the best of the tweets uh, that we got. Uh, the RHAP Olson Survivor on Twitter said, "Is there really nowhere left to hide now that there's only seven? Tell that to Rick and his mustache. Ooh, zing! Hide under his mustache. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, how many words has Rick said this entire season? I'd say the over under is probably about twenty five. Oh, poor Ranger Rick. Poor <laughs> Rancher Rick. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Pork Store Killer said, "Where has he been?" He's been commenting. Has he? Uh, Aaron, now, did you listen to the podcast with Aaron? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Aaron said Ozzy was like a puppy who lost his way. Does that mean Ozzy is a metaphor for the Industrial Revolution? I'm pretty sure that's what she meant. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to stop her when she said that, and I wanted to say, well, he needs to get out there and find that effing dog. <laughs> but I didn't. I did not want to stop her because I didn't know if she was going to get the reference. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben Rees Bongwater, another one of our active commenters, yes. uh, he writes, Other famous Marcus Aurelius quotes, We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and that they are endowed by the liberty uh, by their creator with certain unalienable rights that these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Did you know that was Marcus Aurelius? I, had, I did not know that. Did you know that? Hey, there's more, though. <laughs> yeah, there's more. But that's that's about it. I, I would like to read about three lines on a comment. Oh, okay, yeah. Too much reading. Yeah. Um, people are still loving Rob as a web show, for the most part. Good. 
Well, no. there, there was one comment that said, this show is not good. This show is not good. <laughs> but I'd say 9 out of 10 comments that yes. we get left are positive. Well, we only had like 12 comments yes. on the last one. And 9 of them were positive. <laughs> uh, so, Mike Booten writes, uh, this is the greatest web show since iCarly. Ooh, Ooh. We'll take that. I didn't know there was a web show. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff Meyer uh, wants to know, does a survivor who watches all the seasons past have an advantage in the current show or future episodes cochran seems to know all the different survivor strategies advantage or disadvantage he knows them he just doesn't know how to use them yes it's certainly an advantage to see as much survivor as possible but just because you have seen all of survivor does not necessarily make you a good survivor player right um as we are learning well you know what he's still there and some of his old tribe mates are not. Yeah. But I think some, there are definitely people t- who are huge Survivor fans who have not done well on the show. Skinny Ryan. Skinny Ryan yes. would, be, would be one. Mm-hmm. I think a few of the people pre-merged this season were, you know, Christine even from this season was yeah. a very big Survivor fan. Yeah. Big Survivor fans does not necessarily mean you do well on the show. Right. And there are also people who have never seen Survivor before who have done well. Or who win. Or who win. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really... It's. I'd say, all things being equal, it's better to have seen the show a bunch before. But, you yeah. know, not necessarily uh, a, a major indicator. Right. Uh, so Mike Gian Creco says, Whitney and Keith had their own shelter since before Papa Bear was voted out on Savai. Papa Bear confirmed that. There's no way they didn't hook up on the show. Mm. Now... Just because they had their own shelter. If this shelters are rocking. <laughs> I don't know. We don't know about that. Yeah. Uh, and Jordan. Shambo had her own shelter. That's true. I bet she just humped the bed. Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jordan Klish says uh, this budding Brandon Hans and Cochran relationship is ruining your hopes of Sophie and Cochran getting together. Is Cochran's the new survivor power couple? Mm. I don't know. Brandon and, uh, and Cochran weren't too close on the last episode. We barely saw any Brandon. Yeah, we didn't see too much. Yeah. Only when he was complaining about Albert. Yeah. Should he be talking to the other people? Like, I thought we're not supposed to talk to them. He's kind of a... Boston rob- robbing it. Yeah, he's a, he's a little bit of a narc, Brandon Hans. <laughs> he kind of rats you out. Yeah. <laughs> he's a bit of a tattletale. Yeah. Okay, so uh, a lot of people uh, appreciated the supersized podcast we did last week. Uh, I heard it gets longer when I'm gone. Yes. <laughs> John wrote on Robin's website, Wow, Nicole sounds very different on the phone as opposed to the podcast. She sounds even hotter. Ooh, la, Whoa. La. And Matteo von Podfelda agreed. Uh-huh. And Canadian Bacon said, Nicole sounds about 80% less Guido. What? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what people are saying. Oh, no more phone uh, interviews then. Yep. For the most part, you guys loved Erin too, but Poverty Sucks says, OMG, shut up. Erin is pretty, but her voice is so annoying. Oh, well, that's not nice. <laughs> Sorry. I get that a, a lot of people say that they don't like Erin's voice. It doesn't bother me. I think she, she says like a lot. She says like a lot? Yeah. Is that what it is? I mean, I didn't listen to it, but that's what they said. <laughs> and you didn't listen to it because you don't like Erin's voice? I just, I don't like when she says like. <laughs> okay. No, I'm kidding. I don't, I just didn't have the time. Uh, Behe Bojo says... Rob, you're forgetting Survivor history. Now, we talked about what would happen if they brought back women as returning players. Uh-huh. 
Uh, they did have a female all-star lead of a tribe of new people. Remember Stephanie LaGrosa on Survivor Guatemala. Well, I try not to remember Survivor Guatemala. Yeah, who remembers but, that? <laughs> no, that was a very fair point. And I got a lot of comments telling me that's a bad job by me, not remembering Stephanie on that. And uh, what can I say? It was a bad job. It's your Survivor old-timers. <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes like you're in the middle of a conversation uh-huh. and you just don't remember something. Sure. Yeah. Wave Packs writes out, so we found out that Steven the Wizard was right and Rob C. was wrong oh, no. in the Cochrane flip move analysis now that we have information revealed in this podcast by Jim Rice. Okay. Cochrane would have been taken to the final three as a goat by Savai. But we didn't know that. Yes. Um, that being said, and Wave Packs goes on to say, given the information that was known, it was interesting to read Rob C.'s blog and viewpoint. Okay. But I, here's the question I wish I would have asked um both of them this morning okay i would have said okay jim what was your final three oh he said oh it would have been me cochran and dawn and and then really uh, keith and whitney were gonna take cochran to the end like Mm -hmm. i mean there's no way that whitney wasn't in uh, right like i could see maybe jim's final three did i could see that i could see that but i'm not so sure keith and whitney Cochran. Yeah, Keith and Whitney were not fans of Cochran. Yeah. I could not see them. You disgust me. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good impression. Um, I say it to you all the time. <laughs> yeah. So I could definitely see why, why Cochran may not have totally believed that he was going to be in the final three had yes. he stuck with Savai. Mm-hmm. Uh, John writes, uh, I don't think that about this is about Jim and Keith. Uh-huh. I don't think that they are re- really that bitter. Just explain the situation mm-hmm. from their POV. Mm-hmm. Cochran came to here to make a name for himself, and I guess he did. He certainly did. He will get to play again. Mm-hmm. I hope he will fulfill his role as Sugar 2.0, mentioned here before, but player that is not super well-liked, and this is why he's Sugar 2.0, John uh-huh. is saying, a player that is not super well-liked on his own season, but is somehow one of the fan favorites, overexposed editing, the first character of the season, uh, or I'm sorry, the character of the season, and makes it far with no shot at winning, and is the first boot on a future All-Star season. Now, is how do you like this? That's, is that's Cochran Sugar 2.0? That's pretty interesting. Is he the fan favorite? The fans seem to hate him. I think he is pretty popular uh, amongst the fans. Uh-huh. Just going by f- Twitter. Uh, that well, he's he, definitely popular. He is popular. He's spoken about a lot. He's spoken about a lot. I think he's been the breakout character of oh, this definitely, season. Oh, definitely, definitely. So... Um, I would think that he is notoriety with the fans, yes. and I think that he would probably at this point be asked back for an All Star season. So? I think so, mm-hmm. just because he's been in the mix so much. What kind of season would he be involved in? I mean, I don't know. I would have to depend on what they were doing. Obviously, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Um, that being said, I also could see him out very quickly yes. in an All Star. No one's going to trust him. That because he seems untrustworthy at this point, mm-hmm. and also. He is going to be a liability in... In the challenges? The challenges, And they yeah. know that. And they know that. Yeah. So that's the problem. Yeah. Probably. With Cochran. Mm-hmm. So maybe he needs, like, immunity for a few weeks. <laughs> maybe he can come in at the merge. Maybe. Sugar. He's the next... He's the new Sugar. And now I hope, for Survivor Cochran's sake, mm-hmm. I hope that this does not lead to a stint 
on celebrity rehab to totally fulfill his destiny as Sugar 2.0. Well, you know what? If he gets keeps getting harassed on Twitter, it might he might go to the bottle. He, yeah, or <laughs> yeah, antidepressants. Yes. We have to take Sarah Cochran under our wing and make sure we want a urine sample every week. Yeah, please. <laughs> urine sample. Mm-hmm. And we want to make sure he's doing good. I'll draw some blood. Yeah. <laughs> we want to talk to him and make sure he's doing okay. I'm worried about him. We're worried about Survivor Cochran. Sarah Pearson writes on the Facebook fan page, During the exit interview, Keith mentioned that the answer to Rob's unasked question would be answered at the finale. Anyone else think we're going to get another finale proposal? Oh, Amber is going to be pissed. <laughs> Amber's going to be pissed. Carolina is going to be pissed. Uh-huh. David Murphy is going to be pissed. Yes. I hope it's not awkward. I hope it's not awkward. So what do you think, Nicole? What are the chances of a Keith and Whitney proposal? I hope she says no. Hope she says no. Mm-hmm. Just a- for the the drama. Yeah. I hope a guy stands up in the audience, hey, that's my wife! <laughs> <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah. That would be funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> and could happen. <laughs> it's, it's, anything's possible. Evan Clemente says, uh, finally... Thinking about Whitney, how awkward it would have been if her husband was the family member for her family reward. Awkward. <laughs> That's awkward, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, and if people don't know what we're talking about, you know, we haven't really discussed it on this show, but we've discussed it quite a bit on uh, Rob as a Web Show the last couple days. Right. Uh, there was a story in People Magazine over the weekend, uh, People Online, that Whitney was actually married during the time of Survivor South Pacific. Correct. And that she was married when she got together with Keith. And then there was the story that ran in usweekly.com this, mm-hmm. during the week that, yes, she was secretly married, but nothing happened between her and Keith nothing during the show. Nothing happened in the love shack. She went back home. She broke it off with her fiancé. And then since fiance then... Fiancé was her husband. Oh, I'm sorry. She, that they broke it off and that um, they got back together. So I asked... I tried to uh, bring up the subject with Keith this morning... But uh, he says everything will be revealed at the finale. Oh, so in case you weren't going to tune in, here's a reason you should. You should watch the finale. <laughs> okay. So um, last thing is uh, Jeff had some inappropriate... <laughs> he had a lot of inappropriate um, comments. Yes. A, f- a few of them. Uh-huh. So uh, let me give you uh, the runner-up, and then I'll give you my pick for the, for the one. Okay. Um, so during the challenge at Redemption Island, uh, Jeff says... If you lower your hands even a little bit, that's all it takes for the pole to fall to the side. You never want the pole to fall to the side. You want your pole to be long enough and strong enough. And in the hole. And in the hole. And you never want it to fall to the side. Yes. And then uh, here's my pick for the winner. I like this one. Mm -hmm, This This is my pick. During the... (laughs) You like this one? Yes, this is what I picked. (laughs) During the rice challenge, Jeff says, Once you find that sweet spot... This gets easier. <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah. Good. <laughs> that was perfect. Yeah, Jeff, you're such a pervert. Well, it's out of context. Or is it? Yes. <laughs> it's out of context. Okay, so uh Seems how like about he that? needs some conjugal visits when he's uh, out shooting Survivor. <laughs> Do you think he does it on purpose? <laughs> I think that it's it's like all like internalized like sexual aggression. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. There you go. That's Way to go, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, that being said, uh, this feels like the end of another podcast. Uh, so, by the time you see this, Nicole has a girl cast may have already been filmed. May have, may not have. May have already been yes. filmed. 
But uh, check it out in the archives if uh, it is past Friday morning when you're listening to this. Yes. So check that out. Um, Next week on the show, the word on the street is that there's going to be a Survivor recap episode. We're not really getting a straight answer, though, right? They sort of are kind of evasive about it. Okay. Like, uh, is this a recap episode? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) It's like it's all news footage. So it's a a recap of news footage. footage. That stuff that already happened? Mm, oh, it's one of those. Like, you're breaking up. <laughs> uh, so it's hard to really get a good grip on this. We're pretty confident it's a recap episode. Right. So what we're going to do is, instead of a regular Survivor podcast, we're going to do a uh, Rob has a web show, Survivor edition. We're going to do that in lieu of the regular podcast, but we'll post the recording of that. And we're going to do that on Friday morning. And let me look at my calendar. The day after Black Friday, uh, the 25th. Yes. So November 25th, we'll do our Survivor podcast live. You can call in, take your questions live, and we're going to be talking with uh, Jeff Pittman from uh, True Dark Times. Mm, that's always a good time. And uh, he really knows the Survivor stuff. He's oh, got yes. some theories that he wants to try out on us. Oh, okay. And so he can bounce them off us, bounce them off you guys. So join us live uh, at 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Maybe you already went to the, you already went to Walmart. You got trampled, and then you came home with stuff. And then you can just shop on Amazon.com through what Rob has website. Well, as you know, as we're getting towards that weekend, you, you know, you can always do all your shopping and avoid the crowds. Who wants to go to the store on Amazon.com mm-hmm. and go through the link on Rob as a website. Then you get all the good deals. Yes, and, and then Rob uh, and Nicole will have a merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, help support the podcast. That's very appreciated. Um, and then we have a, a couple other big shows before the, re- oh, we do. the rest of the season. Uh-huh. You won't be. You won't be disappointed. We're going to talk to uh, a guy who played with Ozzy the, the next week, and uh-huh. then somebody who played with Coach the week after. Oh. So, I, I think people you've been asking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, anything anything else? Check out the, uh, the some of the stuff that doesn't make the show. Rob has an intern.tumblr.com. A lot of stuff goes up on the Tumblr blog. You're so fancy. That doesn't necessarily always get into the show. Mm-hmm. And I think that's about it. Follow us on Twitter. Yes, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of Join fun. Join the party. Yes. And uh, always uh, talk to us on the Rob Has a Podcast Facebook fan page. That's really the hub of where everything goes on during the week. Yes. And leave us your comments. Yep. All right, Nicole. And one other podcast that we're working on this weekend, I'm going to be talking some SNL. You know, we're doing the SNL Hall of Fame uh, with my friend Rich. Uh-huh. We were very inspired by uh, what Gordon Holmes is going on with the Survivor Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Said, well, there should be maybe SNL Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to talk to my friend uh, Rich Tackenberg. Uh-huh. And uh, we are going to uh, talk about a little SNL this season, SNL Hall of Fame, and uh, especially SNL from this Saturday with Jess- Jason Siegel. Oh, I love Jason Siegel. We are big fans and uh, like the How I Met Your Mother. Yes. So maybe talk a little bit about that. Yes, and he has a Survivor connection. Yeah. Did you know that? Everybody does. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, that being said, Nicole, are you ready for your girl cast tomorrow? Yes, and your SNL Hall of Fame inspired Nicole has a girl cast to do the hot Survivor guy Hall of oh, Fame. Oh, boy. <laughs> Great. Can't wait. Yes. All right. Take care, everybody. (laughs) I've got nothing for you.